This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Tomorrow marks one year since the Highland Park mass shooting at the city's annual Independence Day parade. Seven people lost their lives that day, and another 48 were wounded, leaving families and neighbors in deep mourning. Today, we're going to spend this entire hour hearing from folks who are honoring their lost loved ones, bringing their community together, and turning grief into action. One way residents of the suburban city did this after the shooting was creating their own memorial at a streetside pavilion downtown. And one Highland Park native captured this story through a new documentary called Memorial. We're here with the filmmaker and director, John Siskel. Welcome, John. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Also with us are Rachel Lander and Jacqueline Von Edelberg. Both are Highland Park residents featured in the documentary and are survivors of the mass shooting last summer. Thank you both so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having Thank us, you. Sasha. I'll start with you, Rachel. Uh, what have you been thinking as we approach this one-year anniversary? You know, as the season has, I guess, begun to change, um, summer and the 4th of July, um, there's been a lot of feelings that have come back um, from last year. And, um, you know, as a survivor of the parade being there, I think it has been um, honestly, I feel like I've made progress this past year, but it's kind of brought me back some of those, those feelings of, of grief um, and, and anxiousness. Mm. Um, I think just thinking about the anniversary ahead. Just that date on the calendar. The date on the calendar. Yeah. yeah. Um, and thinking back to what, what happened a year ago mm-hmm. um, and what we went through and um but also i think we've come a long way too um and i look at my kids and i see how strong they've become since a year ago and how devastated we were and that we've we've you know really grown and um and been able to you know, look at life differently. It's been it's been difficult, but um, all in all, I think you know Highland Park has got um, an event planned for the community that um, will honor the victims in the community well. Yeah. Um, so that might we'll be something see. to look forward to. Yeah, I yeah. think so. But it's it's a sadness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Jacqueline? Um, you know, it feels like an eternity ago, and it also feels like it was yesterday. And for those two feelings to exist simultaneously is an odd combination. Um, As Rachel said, we've come very far, um, but every day there's this realization that there is so much further that we need to go yeah. and that we must go. And um, so the work since since um, last summer has been frenetic and fast and powerful to try to make systemic change. What do you remember about that day one year ago, John? I grew up in Highland Park um, and raised my kids there, but I wasn't in Highland Park on the 4th. Uh, I was with my brothers in Seattle. And... Um, it was really early on the West Coast when all of our phones started kind of blowing up with mm-hmm. this 
kind of um, you know, totally shocking news. Um, so, you know, immediately uh, my parents still live there, so we thought of our parents and, you know, reached out to them and friends and family. But, um, yeah, just kind of unbelievable shock. shock. Yeah. You know, we're going to get to the documentary soon, but uh, I noticed a lot of the folks that uh, John interviewed, they all mentioned going to the parade as being a tradition in their families. What about you two? Similar stories, Rachel? Yeah, so um, I was at the parade with my three kids and my husband, and I've lived in Highland Park for about nine years now, and we've gone to the parade every year since we've lived here when they had it. They didn't have it during COVID. Um, and we went to the same spot every year. And I don't know how that came to be, but it, we ended up just going to that spot, St. John's and Central. Um, and that's how we start our 4th of July in Highland Park. It was just, you know, our kids, we wake up, ride our bikes up there. We have give them their bags to cat, catch the candy. It's just kind of the spirit of, you know, 4th of July in Highland Park. So what led you to want to make this film about such a tragedy, John? So, you know, when this happened, um, as a filmmaker, at some point I I did start to think, like, I'm from there, Mm -hmm. my parents live there, and, you know, is this a story for me to tell? Um, but it was so horrific that I just could not wrap my head around it, and I didn't want any part of it really initially. Um, but Jacqueline is a um, an old friend, and she reached out to me probably about a month after, and said, "You know, I know you're from here, and are you? You should come up and see the memorial." And so um, I did that. I went to the memorial and was just so moved by the stories that I was hearing. I, you know, I didn't have a camera with me. I was just there as, uh, you know, individual. Mm-hmm. Um, but people would come up and start sharing their stories, start telling their stories. And it was so um, moving yeah. that I felt like, oh, yeah, this is my way in to, to tell this story. You know, I, I imagine it's still difficult Rachel and Jacqueline, to, to talk about that. In fact, I don't have to imagine. I can see, right? And I can hear it in your voices. So why was it important for you to be part of the documentary? For me, I thought this story of our town, I mean, really, when I chose, my husband and I chose to, you know, raise our family in Highland Park, it was like this is a beautiful place to live. It's a great community. Um, it was like ranked one of the safest places to live in That's right. Chicago area. Um, and, you know, you go on living life thinking, why would anything like this happen here? Um, and I felt so immune to something like that. Um, and I feel like, this really could happen. I, I know it could happen anywhere. It happened to us. Um, mm-hmm. And it's something that is continued to just progressively get worse in our nation. Um, and 
You know, I, there's so many of us, you know, we're just normal people living our daily lives and just, you know, some, for some reason this happened to us and, um, wanting to share that, you know, this could really happen to anyone. Um, and in addition, I think, um, you know, the film was based on the memorial and, um, I, I really appreciated Jacqueline's memorial, um, and would go up often to just kind of walk through. I may not have like spent like, you know, a ton of time there, mm-hmm. but I would walk up, um, describe it for us. Um, so it started off, um, with, you know, this, the ribbon, the orange ribbon, and then it became full of yarn and lights. And I noticed that it just started expanding with more art and chalk and then music and people just started gravitating towards this corner. Mm. Um, and she would put things out that allowed people to start contributing their own creativity to the memorial. Um, and there was a point I remember, you know, pe- people would bring flowers and then after a couple of weeks they started to like wilt and die. And I'm like, what are people going to do with these flowers? And she like took them and brought them back to life. And it was like, thank goodness, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, and it was just like, she kept this hope alive. And mm. I think like, after something so tragic, um, it was, we didn't let this despair, like, just take us. Um, and she offered this memorial to give us hope, give us a place to go to um, and have support and to lean on each other. Yeah. And I really found it healing. Yeah, I did. How and, does that make you feel, Jacqueline? Yeah, she she said you kept hope alive. That's so yeah. sweet. That's really so nice. I knew that John was the right person to tell this story and to give it the kind of poetry that it needed and the sensitivity that it needed. Um, And I knew that in John's hands, he would somehow be able to capture the most important thing, uh, which was twofold. One... I just wanted him to capture the beauty of the memorial, the humanity that was there, mm-hmm. which was just, you know, off the hook. Because that's ephemeral and it was going to go away. And I didn't, want that, that, I didn't want that beauty to go away. But the second thing that I really trusted John to do was draw the connection between the violence that's happening on the south side of Chicago and the west side of Chicago and the north side of Chicago in a way that would have um, meaning because the memorial was actually the literal thread that connects us all. Mm. This is fabric that has been all around Chicago. It's been in Inglewood and the west side and north side. It has been all around the country to... um, vigils and protests. It's been at Tree of Life. It's been on the lawn of the United States Capitol three times. And it was actually all in Highland Park a full month before the shooting. 
It's 30,000 pieces of orange fabric that represent all the kids who've been killed since Sandy Hook till now. And we had an event with Moms Demand Action and Students Demand Action 10 days before the shooting. And activists ended their remarks by saying this could just as easily be our own kids. And then, you know, a few days later it was. Yeah. But the surprise that it could happen in Highland Park was not a surprise to me. As a person from Chicago, where the people I know, um, where gun violence is a daily part of life, it's there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. For me, it wasn't, how could this happen here in Highland Park? It was, how could this not happen here in Highland Park? Because this is all of our reality. Mm. And I trusted John to bring that message and that clarity and that call to action home in a way that would be um, accessible and poetic. John, that's deep. And that, that certainly puts, as a filmmaker, some, some pressure to get this mm -hmm. right. Yeah, there, there was a lot of pressure. Um, it's just a, a huge responsibility to, to carry and take these stories and um, share them with a wider audience. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I felt it um, every day. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. It's been nearly a year since the mass shooting at the Independence Day Parade in Highland Park. A new documentary called Memorial features testimonials from those who survived the shooting and documents the way that the community came together in its aftermath. With me is the filmmaker, John Siskel, as well as two of the subjects of the documentary, Rachel Lander and Jacqueline Von Edelberg. So let's hear a little bit from the documentary. Uh, a quick warning for folks listening now. Uh, the clip that we are about to play will include details describing the event. I was in disbelief. I knew immediately it was gunshots, and I remember standing up and freezing. Absolutely, I was frozen. There was so much chaos. There was screaming. All of a sudden, we see kind of sprinting down the road a bunch of kids in like the Highland Park Band's kind of t-shirts with their instruments um, yelling something. At first, it was indistinct, and then as the kids got closer, they were yelling, run, shooter, run, shooter. As soon as I saw the wave, the wave of people running, um, it was not, it was not right. And my husband yelled, kids, run, Rachel, run. And I just froze and I, remember thinking, I am already out of breath. How can I run? You know, John, I, I found it interesting to, um, to, to see the, the, the drone shots that you included as well, really powerful. They were over these empty streets. Um, I think it allowed for my imagination to just fill in the details that I was hearing from those different voices. I mean, talk more about your decision there. I, I mean, I, I feel like this is part of you wanting to just avoid sensationalizing this this tragedy yeah i i yes exactly i mean i, I didn't want to do any of that kind of sensationalistic um imagery um and again the the approach was 
to honor, respect, cherish, um, and kind of lift up uh, these voices. Um, And one of the choices that I made very early on, and it was, I arrived at it very quickly at the memorial, having these conversations with people at the memorial, was to not do the interviews on camera. So it was only audio, Um, partly because I didn't want to stick yet one more camera in their faces. Um, the community had had a lot of that. Yeah. Um, but also, I felt like I didn't want people distracted by the backgrounds that we might be filming in or by the person's face. It was, again, this f- concentrated focus on the voice. I wonder, Rachel and Jacqueline, if seeing the final product um did it bring up anything for you about how the Highland Park shooting or other mass shootings that we've seen are covered in the media? Well, I think that's the real gift of John's documentary is that it presents it in a way that cuts through the what is now ubiquitous imagery and talking head version that happens now on this sort of conveyor belt sushi tragedy that's this steady diet that we have, which is very easy to become numb to. Um, my time at the memorial, I mean, because I was there every day on the ground doing collaborative craft with people. So for me, it made me so happy to see, I want to say like my friends <clears throat> again. The memorial brought together people because of the diversity of the victims. There was a diversity of people that came every day. Mm-hmm. And that And really... you hear some of the diversity in the film with the, the Spanish speakers. Right, and John? Yeah. The humanity of it was so profound and so joyful. There's a part in the documentary where, where someone says, I'll never be the same. Yeah. You yeah. feel that? Yeah, for sure. You know, you kind of, you second guess kind of people to some extent. Um, or strangers, I should say, right? Um, And I think over time, it'll get easier, and it has. Um, And so I do see progress, but I, I do know we still have a really, you know, long way to go. We're back now with more Reset. I'm your host, Sasha Ann Simons, and we're continuing our conversation about the one-year anniversary of the Highland Park mass shooting. So I want to dig a little bit deeper into the doc, John. The, the first actual people that we see on screen, it, it's when the film pivots to the, the creation of the memorial. Why'd you do that? Well, the whole film, it's interesting. It, it kind of follows the journey I took the interview subjects on. Um, I wanted to start with this question of when you think about Highland Park, what what do you think of? Because I, I didn't want to just throw people into the 4th of July. And so it really does follow kind of the journey that I took the, the subjects on. And um, I wanted the audience to kind of go on that same journey. And so we come to the the back half of the film, which is the memorial. And as we were putting it together, it just started to feel right to 
really keep any kind of human presence yeah. out of it until we hit the memorial. The voices, of course, are, are there throughout, um, but we, I, we didn't want to see anybody until you arrive at the memorial. Jacqueline, we, we heard uh, Rachel's account of the memorial earlier, but tell us, what did it look like? I've been doing public interactive art, it's called social practice art on gun violence for two decades. Um, but I never could have been uh, properly, I suppose, prepared for it, my own community being shot up. So I brought fabric to all of the vigils and people tore that fabric and tied notes and made these long garlands that stretched city blocks at the vigils. And I have never seen people gobble up resources like that in my life. I, I, Is this that orange ribbon? Yeah, that it's orange fabric. It's orange fabric, and we pre-notch it, and people tear it, and we've been doing it at protests for two decades. Was that color deliberate, the orange? Of course. Well, orange is the color of the gun violence movement on behalf of Hadia Pendleton, who was a young girl from Chicago who got shot in the back um, after leaving um, her um, high school exams. Um, and that was just a week after marching in President Obama's second inaugural parade, which is why orange is the color of the gun violence prevention movement. So people gobbled up resources at all of these vigils. And then after the city vigil, I found myself walking up to the makeshift memorial that had started, and these guys from California had built their um, altars, which are these white digital representations of the victims. Mm -hmm. And there was the normal heap of teddy bears and plastic wrap flowers, you know, the kind of Princess Diana memorial that we're all accustomed to. And it seemed to me that people were arriving in silence and sadness and leaving in silence and sadness. And that just didn't seem very um, productive to me. It felt like in some ways they were in worse shape leaving mm. than they were when they got there. So I woke up the next morning and I said, you know, I'm going to go yarn bomb that. <laughs> and my boyfriend was like, that is not your backyard. You can't just do that. Like you don't have permission. You don't have a permit. This is Highland Park. They don't work that way. It's not the city, blah, blah, blah. So anyhow, I was like, I'm going to go do that. So I brought a great big bucket of... Um, yarn like a whole bunch of bins of orange yarn and i tied them to all of the pillars and i said to people as they were arriving just would you like to wrap this and people were like yes yes i do yeah. and so people started wrapping and we had that entire pavilion wrapped in yarn orange yarn in four days wow and then when they were done wrapping the pavilion posts they started wrapping rocks which we stole from the train tracks and they wrapped thousands of rocks in yarn and it then people started bringing artifacts and trinkets and we would wrap those in yarn and then those the walls would absorb the memorabilia and gifts that people had so it's brought. just growing and, and growing. And it grew and it changed and it evolved. And I think for so many people who are coming to a memorial, they've brought something that's important. And there's a sadness if you're just throwing it in the heap of stuff. But to have things absorbed in a way that gave value to them and honored them and made them feel special. And then people wrote cards for Cooper 
and um, the state reps delivered them to the families. Mm. And one of the nice things is, you know, not all the victims' families came, but especially the um, Latino families Mm -hmm. were there every single day. So it meant so much for this community to come together. And, you know, there are lots of things about it as a public art piece that make it viable. You you have this uh, poignant moment in the film, Jacqueline, while you're discussing the memorial. Let's play a little bit of that. What I couldn't have anticipated is how much people needed a, th- a thing to do with their hands to help kind of deal with this, you know, something that was clear and easy. Do you want to do this? Yes. They didn't need instructions. You couldn't mess it up. You could join in for three minutes or three hours or three days, and it was easy and it was tactile. And while you were doing that, you could, if you wanted to, and everybody seemed to want to, talk to the people who were around them. Where were you? How did you survive? Who was hurt? How do you feel? What do you need? What did you learn about grief from your participation with this memorial? I learned that grief is really profound. (laughs) It is a really profound thing. And I've never, I've never... It's got several layers and... Like I said, I've been doing this work for a long time, but I've never been embedded with such colossal grief. And the thing that made, I think, Highland Park's shooting unique, and not that it's an Olympics for loss or anything, but what made it unique is that the entire town was shut up at once. Even if you weren't at the parade, you knew someone who was at the parade. It was your mother or your sister or your brother or your co-workers um, or the kid who delivers your paper. And so the entire community was traumatized. And that kind of collective trauma, I think, really benefited from a collective collaborative, organic, grassroots response that felt authentic. I mean, I had music playing all the time. We had lots and lots of live music every night, but I also had a, you know, a giant boombox hidden under a table playing Joe Purdy all the time. And one of the reasons why we had music is because if you didn't have the power of music, people would have felt Mm. as if they needed to be somber because it's a somber thing and we created an environment that felt a little bit like your living room or summer camp and so people felt okay to hang out and it felt safe you could actually put a blanket on a on the sidewalk and it felt totally reasonable to camp yourself there and people did this is reset i'm sasha ann simons a new documentary called memorial tells the stories of survivors of the Highland Park mass shooting and how the community came together to heal. We're joined by the filmmaker and director of the doc, John Siskel, and two Highland Park residents featured in it, Jacqueline Von Edelberg and Rachel Lander. Rachel, last fall, um, there were conversations about moving the memorial. Uh, For some people in the community, just seeing it just reminded them of what happened. So I'm curious your thoughts on how... We, we strike a balance between memorializing a tragedy and moving forward or respecting someone's need to move forward? You know, that's a great question because I think 
everyone, you know, grieves in, in different ways. Um, yeah. I, I found so much healing in visiting the memorial and I was really saddened when it was taken down, but I also can see how there were people who, um, you know, they needed to, you know, not have visual reminders and that was really hard for them. As you begin to um, release this documentary out into the world, John, I mean, what are you hoping that people within Chicago, what do you want them to feel? I want them to to feel for this community, but for the community that is the United States. I, you know, when I heard these voices at the memorial and decided to make this, what resonated with me, what I heard um, in deeper conversations, but what I heard were things that I had heard on the news after many of these kinds of mass shootings. And I felt like somehow with the news, it just doesn't land. And so I wanted to make something where you really listen to the voice, these voices and really understand what these yeah. events are doing to individuals and communities all over the country and, and to the country as a whole. So I, I hope it will be a part of a national conversation. I, I want the film to, you know, get out as far and wide as possible. And I'm going to work to, you know, reach out to folks like Everytown and Brady yeah. uh, United to make sure that the people who are doing this work um, put it to use. Where does the Highland Park community go from here, Rachel? Really, after this tragedy, we have come so much closer with people um, at, you know, the schools and just, you know, my neighborhood gets together more often um, and you've really counted on each other. I, there's like this mutual understanding. It's really unique. You'd see someone, another person from Highland Park, and you know that you can relate to There's them. There's a connection. There's a connection there. Where and when can folks watch your film? Well, we're at the really very early stages of this. So I recently screened it for all the participants in the film um, and then did a very small limited screening for uh, the Highland Park community. Uh, and I would imagine we will do a couple more of those kind of uh, private screenings. Um, but I'm going to start submitting to film festivals all over the country and then start submitting to online platforms um, and hopefully get it out. And you'll keep us posted? Always. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. So, Jacqueline, what's next for the memorial? So the memorial is headed next to Nashville where we are going to be using the contents, the full contents of the memorial to jumpstart an arts memorial in Nashville with the Museum of Contemporary Art Nashville and C Gallery in the greater community at Merritt Mansion. Manuel Oliver of Change the Ref um, is on a national tour for his um, son's birthday, and he will be hosting his stop in Nashville from within the arts installation so the installation in Nashville is August 5th through 12th. Oh, very soon. And Manuel Oliver's uh, big music event and live art happening will be on August 8th. 
We've been talking with filmmaker John Siskel and Highland Park residents Jacqueline Von Edelberg and Rachel Lander. Thank you all so much for sharing your stories and spending time with us today. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks so much.